and welcome to today's edition of ShoePod, a journey through a contract. In today's podcast, we're going to talk to you about data protection in contracts. My name is Becky. I'm an associate here at ShoeSmiths in the Privacy and Data team. And my name is Shruti. I'm a senior associate here in the Privacy and Data team. So I'm sure by now you're all very familiar with the concept of GDPR and data protection and the need to include some form of data protection terms within a contract, particularly where a party acts as a data processor. But actually, what does this mean in practice and what do you need to look out for? So on this podcast, we're going to talk about GDPR. And by GDPR, we mean both the UK GDPR and the EU GDPR. They're two slightly different regimes. But for the purposes of this podcast, we're going to use a broad term of GDPR unless we otherwise say. So in this podcast, we've picked out three key things that we feel you need to consider prior to looking at any data protection terms in a contract. And these are important things to hold in your head before you put pen to paper. First, you need to decide who is your data controller and who is your data processor of the personal data that's being collected and processed under the contract. These are also known as your data protection roles and no contract can progress or proceed without the appointment of a controller or processor. We will also look at a scenario where there are two controllers a little bit later. This distinction will also inform which clauses are required under your data protection agreement or addendum. The controller is the company or the organisation that controls the who, the what, the where and the why of that personal data. The controller also determines how the data is collected and processed. The processor, conversely, is the organisation that acts on behalf of the controller and in conjunction with the instructions of the controller. They're essentially going to be processing on behalf of the controller. Where one party is the controller and the other is a processor, the GDPR specifies that certain clauses need to be included in the contract, and those are found in Article 28. They cover areas such as the security of the data, the audit rights of the controller, and how the data will be returned at the end of the contract. Whilst we won't be going into a lot of specific detail on Article 28, do let us know in the comments if you'd like us to do a follow-up. The most important thing to be aware of in relation to Article 28 is that you have the ability to incorporate the provisions in any way you wish, as long as all parts of Article 28 are included. For example, if you're the controller, you may choose to enhance the provisions of Article 28 to provide you with additional protection and assist you as a controller to meet your own obligations under the GDPR. Where both parties are controllers, you've got the option of being either joint controllers or independent controllers. With joint controllers, both parties will jointly determine the mean and the how of how the data is being collected. And if you're an independent controller, then the parties will independently determine the means and the how of their own Um, of the personal data that's being collected. So the second key point to consider before approaching data protection provisions in a contract is actually looking at the nature and the extent of the personal data that's being shared or processed under the contract. So remember under GDPR, personal data has a broad definition. It includes any information which directly or indirectly identifies a natural person. So it's a really, really broad definition. Importantly, this can also include business contact information. So where business contact information is being shared for the purposes of contract management purposes, you'll need to consider whether data protection provisions should be included in your contract. 
GDPR also defines special category data slightly separately. And this includes biometric data, health data, demographic data, and also biometric data such as facial recognition. The full scope of this can be found in Article 9 of the GDPR, and I'm not proposing to go into this in too much detail on this podcast. Um, But the key takeaway here is the way you have in particular special category data being transferred, shared, processed under your agreement. You may need to consider whether you include slightly more enhanced provisions in your contract to better protect yourself or your company, particularly where you're acting as data controller. The final area you need to consider in your contract are whether any international transfers are taking place. What that means in practice is whether any of your personal data collected and processed under the contract is going to be traveling outside of the UK or the European economic area, either to a processor, a sub-processor, or even whether it's going to be hosted by a cloud provider outside of the UK, for example, um, Amazon Web Services or Microsoft Azure. If that is happening, there are some additional considerations to include and additional protections to include, irrespective of whether the relationship between the two parties are controller to processor, controller to controller, or joint controller. The most important thing is to identify the appropriate transfer mechanism. And this will be contingent on which country the data is traveling to. For example, if the data is going to Japan, Canada, or the UK, it's going to a country that's known as an adequate state. What that means in practice is that these countries have received an adequacy decision from the European Commission that the data protection framework that each of these countries have are equivalent to the GDPR. There is an extensive list of about 11 countries that have adequacy status, and that list changes fairly often. So it would be worth checking that before choosing your appropriate transfer mechanism. The second um, transfer mechanism and the most commonly used one is the standard contractual clauses. This is an additional set of clauses that you add to your data protection contract, and it outlines specific measures on how the non-EU or non-UK processors should process that personal data. There have been a lot of changes in the area of standard contractual clauses most recently, so it would be worth checking which set of transandard contractual clauses will be relevant depending on where the data originates from and where it is being transferred to. There may also be the requirement to complete a transfer risk assessment, but that's something that we're happy to cover in another podcast. The final transfer mechanism are binding corporate rules. Now, these are probably the least commonly used on a regular day-to-day basis, but are used in a large corporate group where there is a transfer of data internally between different foreign entities. What binding corporate rules or BCRs actually do in practice is to outline one standard set of provisions that all of the different foreign entities must abide by when transferring or processing personal data within the corporate group. So that was kind of a whistle-stop tour, really, of the key things to look out for before approaching any data protection provisions in a contract. Importantly, you need to get your relationship right from the outset, and that's kind of the key takeaway here. GDPR is a massive area of law that we would love to be able to talk you through in more detail. If there's any other things that you would like us to discuss, particularly around contractual provisions, please do let us know in the comments, and Shruti and I are more than happy to talk about these. But otherwise, we hope you have enjoyed our podcast today. 